Welcome to News in Context. I'm Gina Valeria. In this episode, we continue our conversation with four college students, either from or attending school in the Bay Area. All of them are taking classes right now online. The COVID-19 pandemic has prompted the majority of schools across the country to move classes online, both K-12 and higher ed. The goal is to prevent the spread of COVID-19, especially in colleges, where students may come to the college from another community and then return to their home community for the holidays or other visits, risking the spread of viral infection. But online learning has taken its toll on many students, instructors, and families. Many students report feeling depressed, isolated, anxious, overwhelmed, detached, or unable to focus. Some students have taken a break from their studies, and others are struggling to keep up with what feels like an increased workload and decreased engagement in their classes. Joining me in this episode to talk about their experiences with online learning are college students, Sarah Glasser, a junior at Santa Clara University, majoring in sociology with a minor in ethnic studies, Aisha Glenn, a San Francisco resident who's now a junior at McGill University in Canada, majoring in labor relations with a double minor in sociology and health geography, Emma Malloy, currently studying communications at Santa Rosa Junior College, but considering changing her major to journalism. She's currently a staff writer for the SRJC Oakleaf newspaper. And Nick Vitas, majoring in journalism and political science at Santa Rosa JC, and currently editor-in-chief of the Oakleaf. This is part two of our conversation. You can hear part one at newsincontext.net. Uh, what do you think your instructors are doing well? What's been something like, oh, I'm so glad they're doing that, or this really works? Sarah? I think this is really unique to my professor, and also just speaking to Santa Clara as a whole, with Jesuit values in the small school environment. My professor, my photo professor, has been so accommodating. She has created photo kits for everyone, and she lives five minutes from campus. So usually the school would provide photo material because it's film photos. So you have to develop in the lab, but we don't have labs available to us now because we're all at our houses or off campus. So what she's done is she's created kits for everyone with developing liquids and stuff like that. And so we were all able to individually walk to her house and meet her social distance with a mask on, um, which is really cool because everyone got to meet her one-on-one and got handed their kits. And so like taking classes from your own bedroom. But for me, I was literally walking to her house, seeing everything that she was doing. And she's been so helpful too. I also mentioned that I'm kind of on an RV right now. And honestly, the flexibility that my professors have offered has been great. I told my professor that I was going on an RV and she said, no worries, you can develop your film when you get back. And I had told her that I would willingly bring my film kit on here to develop. And she said, no, not like, don't, don't stress yourself out. Like, I know this is a tough time in life. And so that's been great. I think my professors have just found ways to get creative and let students, it depends, obviously, like what professor and some of my other professors have just been really bad at Zoom. Um, But one of my professors has found a great medium where she only meets once a month. So we have synchronous lessons once a month. And then the rest of it is asynchronous discussions, where you have to respond to different classmates for each post. So that's allowed me to meet new people, not exactly face-to-face, but just hearing people, different people's discussion ideas. Sarah, that's great that your professors have gotten so creative during this time. 
Nick, what about you? Santa Rosa's in the North Bay. It's been dealing with more than just the pandemic. I mean, there have been fires, evacuations, power shutoffs, and not just once. What's a professor doing well? I think what professors are, do- are doing well, at least in my classes, are just like casual icebreakers of just like, how's your day been so far? Just talk, like vent a little bit. I know you can't just like become a therapist or anything, but it's it's really nice when professors like start their day or start their class with how are you all doing? Like, be honest. How are you doing? Like, oh, my day sucks. Well, yeah, I think I think the rest of ours are as, as well. But at least, you know, it's more of that community thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, just go around the room and just like really quickly. How's your day? Icebreaker. Like what you have for breakfast or just something random like that's been really nice to just like, I don't know, just forget about other things for for like a moment before you get into the class itself. Oh, that's awesome. I think honestly, the most like the best week that I've had so far is when I actually did meet my professor in person. And it was for the worst reason. I had to cover a fire. As an editor in chief of the Oakleaf, I had to cover a fire and I had to meet with people. And it was weird. Like, it was weird, but just so relieving to actually like see my professor and see my classmates and cover something together. I think that was the most rewarding week I've had for the worst reason. And it's just those little tidbits that kind of like keep you going. You know, there's something to be said for coming together in a crisis. Honestly, it's like sometimes crises can bring out good things. They can bring out the best in us. Uh, They can reveal. Um, And I think that's a, a good moment to illustrate that. Emma, what's an instructor doing well or that you're appreciating, if anything? One thing that was really helpful, I think, for the whole class um, on the Oakleaf, our professor kind of opened up a discussion about like a mental health check-in. And, you know, we all were feeling the same way. You know, how's everyone feeling? Is everyone feeling a little depressed, a little unable to focus? And we're all kind of on the same page. And I guess just to like acknowledge that and talk about that it really it really helped me and then later on I actually reached out to my professor and we had like an hour-long zoom and we just like talked and it was like it just made me feel so much better because I've been feeling like you know it's hard to it's hard to connect it's hard to get things done right now and just being honest and checking in about like how we're all really doing was just a really nice icebreaker for the group I think. That's great. There is something so to be said for realizing you're not in it alone, for realizing or being shown or seeing that, oh, everybody else is having a similar experience. Or I'm so glad to hear that your professor had the presence of mind to do that and 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 you were able to follow up. That's really great. And I think that was enlightening because I know this professor. It was enlightening for her too. She had no idea. And, and I think a lot of us you know, we want to make sure you're all okay, but we have really maybe no idea about what everybody's going through. And so it is helpful, as hard as it is, for it is helpful to hear from you all about about what you need, what you're going through. And of course, we need to make space for that as well. So I appreciate that. Aisha, how about you? I definitely agree with the, I guess, on the other end of it a little bit. I think McGill professors are definitely taking the choosing to not really engage with students about what's going on with them, um, both because a lot of professors teach a lot of classes with a lot of students. And, you know, when you're like flipping through multiple screens on Zoom, like 70, hundreds of students or whatever, I think that's kind of overwhelming for professors. And I kind of get why they don't do that. I think the thing that's been the most helpful and is kind of the one route that all professors are really making sure to take is like the one thing they have to do 
is just the flexibility with time zones, which to me personally doesn't have the big that big of an effect because before I was three hours behind, which like all my classes you don't have to go to anyway because so many people are really far away. And now I'm in this time zone anyway. Um, but I don't know. I think with everything except deadlines and assignments and assessments and things like that, professors are being really accommodating with people like coming to class and not coming to class, which I think is good. But I think it also means that I think people don't really feel very motivated to attend class, which means that professors don't know what their students need as much. Some of my professors do the thing where they'll like record a few lectures a week. Let's say it's a three three times a week class. They record a Monday, Wednesday, and then Friday. The only one that's not asynchronous, and that's kind of nice. I think that that's full. Um, like I think that makes a big difference for some people. I don't think it's a for McGill. I don't think it's the professors like know what students need and are just like mm, no, like we're not going to do that. I think it's just they don't really know. So I think given the information they have, they're doing pretty well. And I think it's it's kind of hard to get information from so many people. Um, so I don't really know what the solution to that is, honestly. No, it's true. And I think that's what we're all struggling with is what are these solutions to these things. And you make an excellent point. I think most of us get into teaching because we care so much about teaching. We care so much about our students and their well-being and giving our students what they need. And so, yeah, I, I would say for the most part, it's not um, willful it's definitely not aware, but wanting to be there. Um, and I appreciate that. And you also brought up a point. For me, one thing I've noticed is providing at least some structure. Like if I have a class that meets twice a week, I'm going to do half of that asynchronous, but I'm going to meet once a week because I'm getting the feedback that just having something on the calendar is desired. You know, like I know that every week I'm at this time I want to be here and I can have at least some sort of engagement or the students. So I've been doing that. Um, you know, just so that people don't fall off into the ether somewhere and I'm not aware of what they need. Oh, go ahead, Emma. At the beginning of the semester, um, I'm taking uh, one asynchronous class and one that meets only once a week while my other ones meet twice a week. And I was at first feeling like, oh, this is good. I don't have to go on Zoom. You know, that's already enough Zoom as it is. But now I've noticed as the semester's gone on, those classes have kind of dropped down on my priority list a little bit. And I'm noticing like seeing my peers and seeing my professor, it's, it's makes that more of a priority because it's like more real. Now I'm kind of feeling like I kind of wish I was, you know, not because one of my classes, I don't get to see anyone ever. I don't even know who's in my class, you know, and I've never really met my professor, you know? So I just think that's kind of interesting that as much as Zoom's a pain, at least there's some connection there. Aisha. I just want to say quickly, me too. This is definitely, I was thinking about that while you were saying that, like, most of my classes, I, I just don't go to. Like, I watch them later, but I, I have never gone live. So, like, I could tell you my professors, but that we've never spoken. I only know who's in the class because people have, like, Facebook groups or whatever. And it's weird. It, it doesn't make me want to do the work for the classes, which is bad because, obviously, I want to do well and I want to engage with that. And I know they're trying to be more flexible, not less. So I think that's kind of a weird, like, it should be encouraging me to engage more since I can do it whenever I want. But that almost kind of makes it harder for me because then, you know, lectures pile up or whatever it is and I just like don't get to it. It's true. It's like there's always a double-edged sword, you know. All right. So let me ask you this, just in general for you, is there anything you can think of that's been 
positive about this time that you want to share? And I can start by saying, I've noticed that I'm, uh, you know, I'm more content than I thought I'd be. I'm an extrovert and I love seeing people. And, but I find that, um, I'm somewhat less overscheduled. And so I find like, oh, wow, I can sit, I can breathe. And that's, I mean, I have more work, so I'm, there's a little bit of a trade-off, but I, but I find that, um, for me, uh, I'm getting a little bit of a, a breath from my, my overscheduled life. Not that I want that to go on forever, but it's been a nice, a nice outcome of this moment for me. Does anybody have anything they want to share about a positive of this time? Sarah. There have definitely been some silver linings to all of this. I've been able to get closer to my parents, especially as an only child. It's been nice just spending more time with them. And I've also been able to get closer to my friends at home just because we've kind of created a pod. Um, When Corona first started, we all moved into a house together. And so I was able to spend more time with them and just get to know each other at a deeper level. And then also right now with classes, I decided to take my classes on the road. Um, My best friend from home decided to convert a school bus into an RV. And so for the past few weeks, I've been taking my classes on the road. Um, And because I have data and different cafes, I've just been able to take classes wherever I go, which has been really fun. Um, It's a great way for me to create my own schedule, something that works for me, but also allows me to have fun, especially since I don't get a lot of socializing because of quarantine and COVID. This has been a good way for me to get, just to get to know myself better and see different things, especially since I've always wanted to see more national parks and just get outside. You're listening to News in Context. I'm Gina Valeria. We're talking about remote online learning with college students Nick Vitas and Emma Malloy of Santa Rosa JC, Aisha Glenn, San Francisco resident currently studying at McGill University in Canada, and Sarah Glasser at Santa Clara University. Also with online school, you're able to create a schedule that better fits your needs. So since I know that I'm a morning person, I like to take my classes in the morning and then just have the afternoon free um, to work out or go on a walk or just do things that keep my mental health at a good level. Um, With online classes, not all of my classes are fully synchronous, so... I'll take the asynchronous ones in the morning just to make sure that I have my afternoon free. And that's been really nice, just having a flexible schedule. And my teachers are really accommodating. Yeah, I would say that those are the most positive aspects of COVID. Sarah, that's amazing that you've gotten creative about how to attend your classes. And you've taken this opportunity to do something different, to get on a bus and and see the outdoors. Emma. So it's kind of interesting because there's both sides of it, you know, but at the same time, you know, it can be distracting to be at home while you're doing work, but also I can eat breakfast while I'm in class. You know, it's just kind of little things like that. Like it is distracting, but I feel like it is in some ways a little more like freeing. Like I feel like I can do more what I want to do. And I don't know, I'm kind of um, a distracted person anyways. And it's sometimes hard for me to focus in class. So I've noticed like one of my classes is two hours long and I start to get like, like slow down so I can go and brew a pot, a pot of coffee, you know, like there's just some perks to that in the home environment. Yeah, I can wear comfy clothes all day. I don't know. <laughs> like, I love that. Nick. I think <laughs> this is really selfish. I think the best part about us, I can wake up five minutes before class. I can sleep in as much as I want and be ready to go in five minutes. It's totally true. That's really, that's a really bad, I think it's really bad. But yeah. And then it's already been said, but yeah, if I'm hungry, I can just walk 20 feet that way and grab something from the pantry and be fine. It's so freeing to not have to like go to like a cafeteria or go, go to like the, uh, 
uh, vending machine or whatever and have to like, you know, buy things from on campus. It's nope, I have my food already right there. I can just walk over. I can put this on like the highest volume so I can still hear it as I'm walking out the hallway, grabbing food and coming back. Oh, I love that. Just the little things are just pile up. It's, it's, it's good. That's like the one like big reward of being home. I appreciate that. And I got to say in the spring when we went to emergency remote learning, I had one student, I was doing a class and her screen was kind of dark and I was doing roll and I called her name and she just raised her hand. <laughs> and like, so she was laying in bed and that just made me laugh so hard. I was just like, okay, I get that. Aisha, how about you? Similar to what you both said, I go to all of my classes from my bed, like in bed um like under a blank like really in bed um which I think is nice it makes me a little lazy but I I, I don't know I think there were things I think the other cool thing about not I guess you'd say being able or having to go anywhere to class is that I definitely could be a lot better about this but it forces me like if I haven't eaten lunch or something like I can't be like well I was too busy I was running around at class like I was just in I was just in my room like I it, it makes me have to pay attention more things that I have to do every day that are like just kind of basic needs that I have I think that's good it's also made me be more involved than ever before which is kind of a blessing and a curse I think I'm weirdly more busy than I ever have been which is kind of nice I, I like it I think I'm more like over scheduled than usual but it's tricky because I do so many things like from my bed and I don't leave and I don't really do anything which I mean is just kind of how it is but I think and I think everything, like people think, everything is a pro and con. Like, I like going to campus because it means I walk around and I actually like leave my room and exercise a little bit, even just through walking. But it's also nice that I don't have to. And so I think everything is kind of like, you could say something good about it and you could also say something bad about it. But I definitely think the aspect of focusing more on my life as opposed to work can be bad sometimes. But I think it's, it's good for me personally. I don't know about academically, but I think it's good for me like as a person. I feel the same way. And I think it is important to focus on ourselves. And I think in the US, I know you're in Canada now, but you come from the Bay Area. I think we uh, especially, we forget to focus on ourselves. And, we, and, and this is a moment that's allowing us to be like, oh, yeah. Uh, me, what do I need? How can I? Yeah. And I think that's actually really important. It could be a good consequence or a good outcome of this moment in time. We'll see. Is there anything you want to share that you think it's important for people to know about this? And this can be just out into the world. This can be something you wish you could get from your instructors. What do you really want people to know about, about your perspective for this time? Sarah? Just learning to balance my life. Um, that's kind of vague, but especially as I'm entering my adult years, I think now is a critical point where I have to recognize my priorities and see what I want to do with my life. Um, and having all this free time in COVID has given me the time to evaluate things that make me happy, things that get me motivated. Um, so it's been really nice just sitting in my thoughts and developing additional hobbies. Yeah, as we talked about, times of crisis or change really can be an opportunity to reassess, to learn, to grow. Of course, when we're in crisis, it can be more difficult to be introspective, but I appreciate the point. Nick? I know it sucks that all of us students are in this environment and we're all learning online, but I am 110% for doing this rather than catching the disease, the virus, and spreading it to others. This is, I would full-heartedly do this all of next year if I had to, 
and I'd suck it up and do it because I don't want, I don't feel comfortable going back to school period. If there's no vaccine or no valid uh, cure or treatment. And I know that us students are, or us younger people are, you know, less susceptible to this, uh, to COVID, but I do not want to step foot on campus until there is some type of vaccine or valid treatment option. So I'd much rather learn on Zoom than get that. That's fair. I think sometimes we lose sight of when when it feels like this is this is frustrating, we can lose sight of that. And Nick, I think you make a really important point. It's like there's a reason this is happening and that reason still exists. And and so really thinking about the choices that we do make and what we're willing to to bear during this time. Emma. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to say the same thing. I mean, I will probably remain with online learning as long as possible because I am slightly immunocompromised and I don't want to get sick, you know, and I live with my parents now and I don't want to get them sick. And as much as this, this is difficult, it's really smart. And, you know, we're seeing other countries that are doing better and we're, we're still, we're, we're not done with this at all. You know, we still have a long time to go and a lot of people aren't taking it seriously and we just have to power through and keep doing this because you know, we, we just need to. And just another thing, just we're all, we're all in this together. And just to any students that are struggling, like we're all struggling, you know, and I just feel like we should be reaching out to each other and understanding that we're all, you know, maybe a little depressed, a little bit having a hard time focusing, like we're all in this together and we should all just kind of remain together. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Aisha. Yeah, definitely a similar thing. I think one of the things personally for me that's been so kind of weird, I guess, about coming back to Canada is that since like originally, I guess in March and April, Canada was really doing really fine. Like there's more people in California than all of Canada. And they were really lax about everything. Um, And so when I came back, like the attitude of everyone around here is really different. Um, and I, it really surprised me because obviously in the Bay Area, like, I don't want to say like people care more, but like people care more because it's like something you, you can see happening. Like it's a big deal and as it should be. Um, and so I think that was kind of interesting. And I think we're paying the price now. And like, it's like people I know, like, it's like a lot of people in Montreal and like the McGill community have been really like affected recently by this because people just didn't really realize how careful they had to be. Um, even people like pretty close to me. And I think it's like, it's funny because I think people care a lot, but I think some, like sometimes people just don't know why they need to care. And that's been kind of interesting, but I think what's really, yeah, like you both said, like I, I could do this forever. Like, it's not that fun. Online learning is not that fun. I don't think it's super conducive to how everyone learns, but like, if it means that I'm not getting sick or getting people that I care about sick, like I, I, don't, I think that's a pretty easy, I know a lot of people, oddly don't agree um and yeah I think again what you both said that everyone is in a really different circumstances maybe they're like even just geographically like where they are like who they're living with or but I think we are all in it together and I think like yeah I think that's kind of it's nice and it's the idea that you know anyone you reach out to right now or anyone in classes or friends or whatever like everyone's really going through the same thing even if they're going through it in different ways which is both scary and not good but also I don't know I think it's kind of a a thing that I mean ideally brings us more together than apart 
if we like really pay attention to it and like make conscious efforts to kind of engage with each other which is hard I guess like it's hard especially if it's like you're all doing it on a computer and like I know like Sarah was saying earlier like I, my eyes hurt all the time that's not like it's we're way past the like oh I'm gonna put on my glasses like it's just it's just where we are but I don't know I think there are definitely good elements that come out of it with just like connecting with other people and the idea that because by being careful about everything it's because you care about people around you right so I feel like that's a really cool element of like it really helps me see at least like who in my life is really important you know people around the world around the U.S. around California like everyone is really doing so many things to look out for each other which I think is really cool and I think it's really easy to forget that and feel really isolated and I feel really isolated all the time like oh like everyone is doing something different like I'm the only person like it's just very like this like my life is here and everyone else's life is over there and everyone's just kind of doing their own thing but like I don't know I feel like more than ever the opposite is true yeah I think you brought up a good point there it's like this is we have an opportunity this is a moment where we can come together where we can remember to care and why we're doing it yeah we are doing this because we care about each other right I don't want to get anybody sick and we have to be deliberate and explicit about that so that we don't lose sight of it. And I think everything you all have said shows me that you're all very aware of that. And, and that just, you know, really makes my heart feel great. Um, and, and it is hard, but it is, it is a necessary thing right now. Um, and that there are ways we can make connections and, and, and do good and find positives in this moment while we deal with it. Nick, what did you want to add? I think what's really important right now, especially for us North Bay folk, <laughs> is that we, you know, it's being brought to light again that mental health is important. Mental health is very important. And I feel like we need more access to it now more than ever here in, here in the North Bay entirely. I mean, we, we as North Bay residents have gone through just so much in the past three years that, I mean, I, I just feel like there should be more access to it. For us students, for parents, for everyone. Yeah. And that's a great message for the people who are able to make those systemic decisions. So I appreciate you calling it out. Emma, anything you want to add? Going off what Nick was saying. uh, Yeah. I mean, I think that that we should really be acknowledging the mental health aspect because every student, every friend, professor that I've checked in with, we're all feeling this way. Like, you know, like I'm okay, but I'm not that okay, you know? And I think that this is kind of bringing the importance to our society, like the, you know, like just recognizing that. And I think that people should be taking into consideration, professors should be just like talking about it. And to anyone listening, like if you feel like you can't talk about it because I know it's kind of like taboo or whatever, but we're all struggling. And I think that it's important that people know that they can talk about it and reach out to each other. Thank you. That's a great way to end. Um, and I just want to just express my sincere thanks that you took time out of your day for this. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you to my guests. Sarah Glasser, a junior at Santa Clara University, majoring in sociology with a minor in ethnic studies. Aisha Glenn, a San Francisco resident who's now a junior at McGill University in Canada, majoring in labor relations with a double minor in sociology and health geography. Emma Malloy, currently studying communications at Santa Rosa Junior College, but considering changing her major to journalism. She's currently a staff writer for the SRJC Oakleaf newspaper. 
and Nick Vitas, majoring in journalism and political science at Santa Rosa JC, and currently editor-in-chief of The Oak Leaf. This has been part two of our conversation. You can hear part one on newsincontext.net. My panelists brought up an important point about how critical it is to care for both our physical and mental health. If you need help, need a connection, or find yourself feeling depressed, isolated, overwhelmed, anxious, detached, or unable to focus or engage, please reach out for help. Your college has mental health resources that you can take advantage of, or you can call these numbers. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-TALK, that's 1-800-273-TALK, or suicidepreventionlifeline.org slash chat. The Substance Abuse and Mental Services Association Helpline at 800-662-HELP, or the Mental Health America Hotline by texting MHA to 741-741. You can also find more resources at psychguides.com and healthyplace.com. And I will post all of these on my website, newsincontext.net. Music in this episode includes Spring Fling by Track Tribe and The Heist by Silent Partner. In addition to hearing News in Context every Friday at 8.30 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. on KSFP 102.5 in San Francisco, you can hear it on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, iHeartMedia, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Podbean, YouTube, and PRX. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at News in Context SF and on Instagram at News in Context. And you can find links to all of that at newsincontext.net. I'm Gina Valeria. Thank you for listening.